You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Yeah. Get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but get on. Mandate, get on. Welcome to CarCast. Just working our stuff out. <laughs> uh, last moment, like. It's a busy day. We're going to wheels up for Rensport soon. Very soon. Yes. It seems hours away, and we're trying to. There's uh, a lot going on lot in my life at on. this particular time. Uh, I want to thank uh, Evans for uh, being a part of this uh, program, and uh, Wrangler as well, Castrol as well, and uh, Geico as well. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Lots to get to today. Tim McCarthy is here. He's the founder and CEO of Zyco. We'll talk to him about uh, his uh, product in a moment. You've heard us talk about it on the show before. He's, mm-hmm. in, he's in town. Bob Leitzinger, you heard us talk about before. Uh, Bob Leitzinger is a pretty legendary uh, car racer. Now, I agree you got to go for a little bit of a deep dive and maybe be a Z guy. Yeah. Uh, or Datsun guy like I am, but I've had a Leitzinger race car for a while. Z car, 280ZX. Um, 280ZXs are on the move. And it's always a weird thing. Uh, it's weird how our society works. We sit around for the last 20 years and it's like, yeah, you want a 240Z and then you want a 240Z race car. Or you want a 240Z with a big flare kit and Geno's on or whatever. And then someone goes, how about a 280ZX? And everyone goes, mm, yeah, nah, yeah. nah, not so much. You want this car. Yeah. And then at some point, you blink your eyes and 280ZX race cars are kind of yeah. uh, in vogue now. And they should be. It's kind of a – it's sort of the difference between the 70s and the 80s. If you take a look at one of my 240 Z's, such as the Camel Pace car and other cars of that era, they had big, swoopy, rounded, curvy fenders. If you take a look at the 280ZX, there were slabbier, more angular. Think E30 BMW M3. Yeah. That a more Euro thing. And if you take a look at car designs like vectors and things like that, and, and, and I think the aerospace and, and I think, I think, um, aerospace and the defense contractors kind of drove this because yeah. everything got stealthy and slabby and not so curvy. If you take a look at aircraft, from the 60s and the 70s, it was all swoopy and curvy. And then you go to the 80s, it gets all yeah. slabby. But that being said, the 280ZX was a great-looking platform for a race car. And, and, and in race trim, like you're talking about, because uh, we had the Fitzy car that uh, we sold them bring a trailer. In race trim, when you get those flares and it has like a little bit of a boxiness to that flare, and it does reminisce of of e30 m3 and in race trim i mean everything looks good in race trim looks better in race trim uh uh, and that's where uh those cars really start to stand out so we've got the light singer car uh project that's just starting over in the 280zx and i got a number of years ago and now we're we're hitting it in earnest and i think i met bob at uh, road atlanta a few months back and i don't know much about the car 
So uh, we're speculating about it last week, and this week we yeah. have Bob Leitzinger. All right. On Hopefully the phone. he's got good news about this car. <laughs> hey, uh, Bob. Yes. Good day to you. Good day to you. Hello. First, first things first. When I say Leitzinger, am I saying it right? Yes, I am a light singer, but a terrible singer. <laughs> okay. Bob, you brag about yourself in the racing and automotive space for a couple of minutes, just so everyone knows uh, who we're talking to. And, and don't be scared to embellish a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I've been uh, a car nut all my life. I cannot remember not being one and decided a long time ago that I was going to race. I didn't know what I was going to race, but I was going to race. So uh, sports cars started to interest me. And after I finished uh, college, uh, I had a lot of job interviews and some good offers but none that would allow me time to race nor enough money to race. So uh, I decided what I really needed to do was to be in uh, a car-related business so that I could uh, write it off. So I talked to an uncle of mine into going along with me, went to the New York Auto Show and met with uh, Pete Pulver and Fred Stevenson, uh, and talked to them about the Lotus franchise. Because at, back at that time, the Lotus was really getting some great press. And things were a little different back then than they are now, and franchises were not hard to get. So we left the New York Auto Show with the Lotus franchise for Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And shortly after that, I added uh, Alfa Romeo and Datsun. Is it, and, uh, is it tough to sell a Lotus in the Pittsburgh area versus, like, <laughs> L.A.? Or Miami. Or San Francisco <laughs> yeah. or Miami? Uh, it was a little bit, but uh, there are a lot of car people in Pittsburgh. Well, I and saw the movie that... All the Right Moves, and I don't feel like I saw a lot of lotuses in in the background. Uh, by the way, Bob, Bob, I'll I'll just jump in and, and brag about you for a second. Bob won the uh, Rolex Twenty Four Daytona three times. By the way, ninety four, ninety seven, and ninety nine came in third at the Twenty Four Hours of uh, Le Mans in uh, in oh one. Okay, you're getting. Me mix up with my son Butch. Oh, sorry, son Butch. Sorry, I screwed that up. That is all right. my fault. Butch lights. Is he, is he available I, to chat? I will take credit for uh, how great he is. Well, look, he sprang from your loins. Close enough. If my son does anything, I'll I'll take credit for it. Uh, but if he uh, if he gets caught up in this Me Too movement business, he's out. He's out. Hey, you and I are thinking alike. <laughs> So, um, you won the 1989 Camel GTU Drivers' Championship in a Nissan 240ZX, Dad, right? That is correct, yes. So the, and uh, you have that car, I believe. I have, the, I have your 
ZX. This says 240ZX. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you think you ran in 1989? <laughs> as our, as our researchers was, uh, dig in. <laughs> it was a GTU uh, 240SX. Okay. Oh right, right. So that was a yeah. that was a two forty. I have a, I have your two eighty. Right. Yes, that is the car you're working on right now. Yes, and uh, that car uh, was a C production car, and I believe the chassis builder of that was either Ron Nash, uh, could be. Uh, I think it was Ron Nash who built that chassis, and. That was the one uh, uh, where I ran, uh, my, had my first IMSA win in 82 with that car at Lime Rock when uh, uh, Logan Blackburn and I uh, teamed up and won that race. And that was one wild race. It was in three segments, and uh, every corner of that car was hit severely, but we still won. Was uh, Paul Newman around there, considering it was uh, Lime Rock and we were in the 80s? Uh, he and I did a lot of racing together uh, back in the 70s. Uh, but uh, in the 80s, uh, he had gone on to much greener pastures. And uh, so uh, I did see him race a lot, but I didn't race against him after the 70s. That uh, car that uh, 280ZX we're talking about is a C production car because it's not, it's a non, was a non turboed car. I think later on you had the uh, Devendorf brothers and their electromotive cars and putting turbos. Newman started putting turbos on his car and they started taking those engines from 300 horsepower to 600 horsepower. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we ran uh, normally aspirated. Uh, like I said, it was a C production car. They wouldn't even allow a turbo in those cars at that time. Uh, so uh, we decided to leave SCCA and go to IMSA and make that our focal point. What is the history so, uh, of, of that car other than the one race we spoke of at Lime Rock? Uh, well... We, uh, like I said, uh, won uh, at Lime Rock in 82, and uh, uh, let's see, a third at Portland, but uh, it was uh, a car that uh, we went through uh, a period of trying to upgrade ourselves from club racing to a professional series, and uh, my businesses had gone well, and I was able to do a lot more traveling than I did before. And that's when uh, I hired uh, Carson Baird. Uh, he a, was a very well-known IMSA driver and uh, known as even a better fabricator. So uh, he came on board, and we were focusing on improving us, taking us up, and every year we got better, and we hired Chuck Nicholson, uh, who was with K-Tech after that, uh, and made quite a name for himself. And we developed the V6 Nissan. 
Oh, that's when you got into the 300ZX. Right. And with that, um, Frank Hansowitz and Kaz Kasner saw what we had done with the V6 and talked to us about going uh, with Nissan, which uh, we were just delighted to do. And uh, then... uh, did further work on the V6, and uh, that uh, was one of the key to our success in IMSA. Frank Hansowitz is, uh, was Newman's mechanic and uh, Bob Sharp's mechanic. No, as well, no. Uh, Frank Hansowitz uh, has been with Nissan. Oh, he's uh, with Nissan. Yes. Who am and I thinking of? Was, uh, who am I thinking of? Was oh, Bob Gene, Sharp's guy? Gene Crow. Uh, Gene Crow, that's yeah, right, a fantastic individual. And back when I met Gene, we were uh, club racers and with very little money, and we are racing against uh, the Bob Sharp uh, Nissan factory team, which I love to race against uh, a team like that because you learn so much from them. And Gene Crow was outstanding in helping us, uh, giving us advice. And when Paul crashed his 510 uh, at Atlanta testing for uh, the runoffs, uh, we bought the chassis and started making our car into a real race car, not one that uh, a couple guys in your garage at night were changing it. So you so, uh, you took that chassis. So Newman famously got off the track, bent the car. I think they, in order to make the race, took all the parts off the car and just put it on another 510. Uh, but the chassis was bent. You guys got the chassis and started looking at all the welds and the gussets and how they lighten it no, and that stuff? Not really. Uh, there were... Still, a lot of parts on that car that didn't go uh, with the new car, uh-huh. and there were parts that, uh, at that time, we did not have the capability to manufacture. Well, here- uh, so we took those off and put them on to the B sedan that I was racing at that time. Well, here's the big question: and where's that car, and what happened to the old chassis? Uh, the old chassis went to the scrap pile. Uh, I think I have a couple things uh, at the shop, like wheels and things like that, from that original car. But uh, the the chassis itself uh, was really quite beyond repair. And where's your old B sedan? <laughs> well, I sold it, and uh, within two months, uh, the buyer rolled his car from the top of the hill at Lime Rock, coming under the bridge, all the way to the bottom, and that was the end of that car. That's why it's wow. uh, it's such a such a task to take these old cars and uh, get them get them back up up and running because yeah. so many things were destroyed back in the day, and it wasn't worth. Uh, look, if you would have had Paul Newman's five ten bent tub chassis, whatever, now you'd save it. You'd figure out a way to yeah, fix you it. Would. But you, <laughs> no, yes, it wasn't worth it back then. Uh, 
Hey, Bob, we're we're up against it a little bit. I, I'm glad to uh, I'm glad to get caught up with you and hear hear about this car. I uh, you'll be glad to see it, you know, back in your livery with your name on it and uh, out on the track. Or possibly on bring a trailer in the next uh, in the in the next year or so. We're feverishly working on. Yeah. It. Well, great. I'm uh, really happy with what you're doing with uh, our old cars. Unfortunately, when you are racing, you have to sell the car to get your next race car. Uh, I would like to have kept them all. I feel the same way about girlfriends. <laughs> you know, we sort of like to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, any any uh, any photos and stuff you think you might have of the 280? We'd love to to, to yeah, take a any, look at those. Any at documentation some point. or any photos documentation or photos. anything of that nature? We could. Uh, well, it's, it's all I'll helps. Have Zanine get you started on that uh, uh, because uh, she knows where more of those things are than I do. Uh, so uh, uh, I know what car you have now. So. Uh, let me uh, get together and uh, see what we can get for you. Uh, we love Thanks, that. Thanks, Bob. We appreciate it. Real good. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Uh, let me see. Let me hit good. Uh, some good information. Evans Coolant yeah. uh, here. Sorry for my Frank Hansowitz thing and my Gene Crow. I've got too many names rolling around my head yeah. now. All these engine builders. Evans Coolant. Uh, water and your coolant. Rust corrodes. Metal. Uh, Gets to the boiling point, builds pressure inside your cooling system, causing boiling over and burst hoses. The guys at Evans Waterless Coolant developed the only waterless coolant on the market. This just makes sense to me. Why would you? I you know I say it every time, but tranny fluid, diff, brake, hydraulics, clutches. I mean, it's nothing has water in it. Why? Why are we putting water in your engine? Why are we putting water? I mean, you wouldn't want to get your water mixed in with your oil would you it's the only thing we had well maybe the windshield wiper fluid you had a little water (laughs) too all right i stand corrected uh evans coolant let's go like the pros go learn more at their site at evanscoolant.com slash fightback that's evanscoolant.com slash fightback fight back against the water in your coolant all right, so uh, we'll bring in uh, Tim in a moment. Let's uh, first uh, get caught up on uh, some of us. Yeah. Uh, getting ready to uh, hit uh, Rensport. Uh, Paul Newman, 10-year anniversary of his death a couple days ago, as you hear this. Um, it's weird how fast time goes. Um, I got my first car before he passed. I kept, I remember I've said it a thousand times. I've said he hasn't even been dead 10 years, like over the last 10 years. Yeah. Because, I can't believe it's been 10 years. But now it's, it's been, uh, it's been 10 years. Paul would have, I guess, been, uh, 93 years of age if he was still around. Um, but glad to say that, uh, so how old's Arthur now? Arthur Newman, when we, Paul's brother, when we interviewed him for the doc was, early 90s, maybe 91, 92. And he's got to be knocking on the door in 95 if he's not 95 yeah. uh, today. Proud to say we'll have uh, Newman's uh, 935 with his name on it, and uh, we'll have it out at uh, Rensport. Uh, if you're around Rensport this weekend, mm-hmm. Laguna Seca, uh, come find us. 
we're we're round. Uh, everyone's nice. We'll be the one. We'll be the one with the Porsche. <laughs> we'll be the one with the Porsche. Yeah, you can narrow it down. It's gonna be. It's gonna be we'll the, the red. The red Porsche. We'll be the rear engine car. <laughs> yeah, you can Although come. there's a fair amount of nine twenty four turbos. There and, are, and, things and I'm of sure that there nature. will be. Uh, I'm not quite sure where we're going to be in the paddock area yet, but uh, as soon as we find out, maybe we'll try to. If I remember, I'll hit it up on social media. So if you're coming out, you'll be able to find us. Well, here's the good news. Uh, Arthur Newman, his brother, 94 years of age. Wow. Um, if you're walking around Rensport and you can't find us, you're just going to be staring at a bunch of 917s and 964s and a bunch of 962s and 550s. Yeah, don't so, let us distract you. Screw <laughs> you. Go ahead. I, I, you're going to be fine. That's on you. <laughs> I mean, you're just going to have the best time in the world staring at a bunch of really cool vintage Porsches yeah. before you get to us. So, uh, And you'll find us. Everyone eventually does. All right. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Tim McCarthy coming in here. Why don't you take care of uh, Wrangler and yeah. we'll start wrangling Tim. You see what I did with that? Oh, that's, that's why you're out of We'll wrangle <laughs> Tim and you take care of yeah. Wrangler and we'll bring him in. Everyone has a favorite pair of jeans that fit perfect and always look great. No one knows this better than Wrangler. Wrangler jeans, they're made for modern-day adventurers. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or a skateboard, these are the jeans for you. They have classic and modern styles, a range of fits, and a price that works for you as well. Plus, they have vintage re-releases. If you visit Wrangler.com, you can check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, and outerwear for both men and women. You guys, check out Wrangler.com. The new styles, great fits, Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. All right. Uh, Tim McCarthy, founder and CEO of Zycode, is uh, in here. You've heard us talk about Zybar and the thermal exhaust. Manifold coating and header paint. Oh, that says header pant, but I'm guessing that's paint <laughs> here. Reduces heat by uh, up to 90%. Uh, and you can check out the website, Zycote.com. Good to see you again, Tim. It's great to be here, Adam. Matt? Uh, yeah, and there's another thing I saw at the bottom of uh, your bio, which is uh, your founder and manager member of Hushmat as well, which I'm interested in as well. So let's get in this whole thing. Um, we were talking, I was talking off the air with Matt about uh, applying this. I mean, we grew up, we, we there's two choices back in the day. You had the rattle can, uh, thirteen hundred whatever degree or whatever that number was. Yeah, yeah, the over the counter paint, rattle can, ceramic coated type of paint. Uh, I don't even know if that was ceramic. That was just old. It said paint. ceramic on the can. It did. No, what was that? I don't know. Maybe they spelt it wrong with an S, so that was just a proprietary <laughs> term instead of. A, oh, you know, really? Yeah. What was the name of that stuff? Twelve hundred and something. It had the number. It had a number on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you look at all my old BRE stuff, you'll see the exhaust tips and the headers and stuff. To make it period correct, you have to use the weird yellow rattle can. Look up the number of that. It's like thirteen fifty, twelve fifty, like heat paint. Anyway, or you could wrap everything with that weird fire hose stuff. Yeah, and now we can, you know, you can send some stuff out, or you can buy certain products that have uh, a ceramic coat on them. And I think when those first came out, they were. Interesting because of discoloration and, you know, if you didn't do the inside and the outside, some sort of corrosion would kind of come through it and then you see it start to appear on the outside of the headers. But And so I, you keep thinking, 
how does this evolve? Again, like we were talking about the coolant stuff is like, how does this evolve? Why are we still using water? And, and this is where, uh, where, where, where Tim comes in uh, to tell us <laughs> sort of what's the difference between Zybar coating and everything else we just talked about. Zybar is a patented uh, high molecular weight uh, uh, coating, and it's got a polymer additive in it. And, and really, all that distills down to we provide a, the first really DIY coating in the high temperature space that lives up to the automotive environment. We've tested this thing. We've tried to burn this stuff up up to 2,000, 2,100 degree temperatures, and we're talking surface temperatures, and, and the product has thrived. So our product is is a proprietary product that we spent five years in development. So it, it, Is it like a bed liner for your headers? Because it, it, <laughs> you say uh, a polymer, and that's kind of where they've evolved into is, is a spray-on hard – it's all the benefits of of the wrap, of the shield, the ceramic, all built into one. It's providing dissipation. It's providing insulation, corrosion resistance, and you you can apply it yourself. And and how do you so how do we do that? How do we go by applying itself? Because it, it's not available in a rattle can, right? Like it, we just it is not. No. It's a single component. You can put it in any primer spray gun. All you need to do is blast the surface of the metal. So whether you're doing it on a manifold or on a header or on an exhaust, any hardware or uh, uh, automotive parts location or steel bender or metal bender has a blast cabinet. Use aluminum oxide or garnet sand, blast the surface and get a good edge surface, and then just pour the product into a primer spray gun and spray it. Can you get away with scuffing it with a pad or sanding it, or you're saying blasting it's pretty much the way to you go? You really have to blast it. Yeah. Scuffing it is just going to move any surface oils around and embed that in the metal. You really want to blast that and get a good at surface. We were talking. Now I'm going nuts. What is the name of that paint, Max <laughs> Pat? Is it 1250? Sorry, remind us one more time. He's on the phone. Degree. Just put type in. Uh, like high, high, high temp. High temp. Spray high temp paint. engine paint or something. And yeah. see what it's-, it's the number. Is twelve fifty or thirteen something? Yeah, I, don't I can't remember. And then the inside. Matt and I were talking about this off the air. In order to do the inside of, let's say, a header, right? How do you go about doing? Or that? inside of an exhaust, an intake manifold? Would you do that? I don't. You said manifold. <sighs> yep. You would do the inside well, of an exhaust intake. manifold. Exhaust manifold. For oh, sure. Exhaust for sure, but yep. intake. Nah, uh, I wouldn't do that. I'd do the the housing. Okay. Uh, Just want to be clear. Yeah. So the um, the inside of the exhaust, obviously, you're not spraying that. Right. How we do that? We found two ways. Really, cap and slosh, which is kind of the old traditional, you know, cap both ends of the, of the, the manifold, pour it in one end and just slosh it around the inside. Mm-hmm. The best way we found is we found a claw clamp with a long extended tube, flexible mm-hmm. tube. Mm-hmm. We found a cotton ball. We dip the cotton ball and pull it through both ports mm-hmm. in both directions. Mm-hmm. We found very good surface coverage using that technique, and it was readily available. Because if you if you slosh it around, it's, the thickness varies all throughout. But you're saying the, the cotton ball is pretty good. It's it's you know or whatever. It's like a big ball of cotton, and right. you know we got the clamp with the with the push buttons so when you drop a bolt. Mm-hmm. You know the little claw on the on the on the flexi yeah. spiral. Yeah, so, you know you just. 
bunch up some cotton, dip it in, drag it through one way, go to the other side, drag it through the other way, because you need just a very, very thin coating, right? It's, it's a one mil thick coating. Did so, this... I, I, so I, thicker's I, not better when you're, when you're spraying it. That on. is exactly right. I hear aerospace in my head when I think about stuff like this, that usually stuff starts off in that world and then it moves to the automotive arena. Is this something that started off with that application and moved to the automotive arena? It did. We found this technology in aerospace about five years ago, Mm -hmm. and we modified it to a single-component DIY-type application. And it took us five years to do that. Yeah, you know, the thing about the catalyst and the resin and the two-parter stuff, um, (laughs) there's always some trouble. It's always (laughs) knocking off and setting off, setting up too fast, or you come back the next day and it's still sticky. It's still sticky. I had had my guy Rob over there. (laughs) I told him to epoxy something once. I came back like the next day. I'm like, this stuff is still gooey. And uh, he said, hey, I, I used it right. I said, but it's still sticky. He said, well, I don't know. I can't really tell you. I used it right. And I said, well, how much of the hardener did you use? And he went, hardener? And I went, yeah, there's two parts. And he went, oh, I just used a one part. Yeah, and I was well, like, what do you mean you mixed it right? What'd you do? Like with the, with, the, with the wooden pad? Well, he, you didn't, just he didn't use the word mix. He sort of said used it yeah. right. He was yeah. a little vague. Yeah, we do have all these extra cans of something else. Either I don't way, know. it was still good like, for me because I got to do my favorite thing that I get to do to other people, like when I find out guys can't drive a stick. Yeah. And I go, really? 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 <laughs> you don't know that epoxy's a towel? Are you, how old are you? You don't know that there's two parts to an epoxy, but there's always a little mixing trouble, and it's always a little touch and go, and it's always setting it. So it's like, it's drying, it's drying. No, I, I get you guys right. developed the one the one part system just to avoid the, the customer service calls. For exactly what Adam <laughs> just described over and over again. Yeah. That's what we were trying to avoid. All right. Sean says... Huh? Yeah, I asked. Oh, so what I wrote on Adam's screen was Sean's. I called Sean at, over at the other shop, and he says uh, it's, it's usually about thirteen to eighteen k. Just Google. Can you Google it? There you go. That's what we're looking for. We're just looking for. Just Google it. What is he talking about? Well, that one's not far off. That's a thirteen to two. Okay. Yeah, we just want to see a picture on the can. High temp edge paint. It just says thir- there's a number. There's there's a different brand that, that has a giant number on it or 950 you, or something like that, right? What is Sean answering? He uh, said 1300 to 18. And then I said, well, 1350 no, is an Adam's. But I'm telling you the product, Chris. Just Google it in. <laughs> just, it's a can. It's a spray that, paint yeah. can that just says. Just Google high temp engine paint. Okay. Google that. And Kalen, listen to Matt. When he talks, and then tell him to do that. Yeah, or that's you what I googled, it. and then those ones came up. All right, now there's one. Them. There's okay, another. I'm going to say it one more time. There's a can. It has a big number on it. It's like 1350. And, and, it's old school. And like the number and might be on it. fire. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a big number on the front of a can. Just Google in high temp. Tim's laughing. He knows what's going on over here. I just want to know if it's 1350 <laughs> or 1250. You don't yeah. have to send a text to a mechanic. That's, it's fine. It's, it's well, a I camp. didn't know if you, there's a specific brand that you use that you see all well, the time. So that's why I called Sean. I didn't know the name of the brand, but it, it there's an old. It's a thing they used to use that's in a can. All right. Name a band, Max Pata, like Boston. Okay. And if I went... Hey, there was this band. I think they're called Boston. They had an album. It was a long time ago. 
uh, go find a picture of Google in Boston and Record Elm, and then it, something would show up. That's basically what I'm saying. That okay. something's going to show up. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for. So the, the, for me, uh, anyway, Tim, the evolution yes. of of this product is we see wraps and stuff all the time. What, what's the What's the deal? Why are we? Why is wraps old school? Uh, all wraps do is retain heat inside the component. What Zybar does is it allows the heat to transfer through the component quicker. Or forget it, Matt. Matt, forget it. Matt will do it. Sorry, that's what Matt's doing. I'll so do wraps, wraps just are like blankets. They hold the heat inside. The heat builds up inside the header. It doesn't really do anything to affect scavenging or flow. The Zybar product actually enhances flow. It allows the hot gas to flow through the, the, the header or the manifold on an accelerated basis versus a wrap. And it, it prevents corrosion. Hushmet, or the uh, Zybar product prevents corrosion when the wraps really induce co- corrosion. Yeah, because it's just sort of, in a way, sort of putting a Band-Aid, or in this case, a blanket, on, on things. But it's not really approaching it from a scientific standpoint. It's more just sort of a heat shield. Correct. Like, which, I mean, can will help, but it's not really eliminating the problem. It's more just going, I'm putting something in between the carburetor and the header so we don't cook the carburetor. It's a fabric shield. All right. And uh, other applications for this. We're talking automotive. That is the name of the game around here. But uh, what are... By the way, that one says 2,000. 2,000. You know, because I think back in the day they couldn't do it. I don't know. We're looking at a Rust-Oleum can to do that. But I still want to know the name of the old school heat temp paint. It was The name of it was 12... Yeah, but I don't know who made it, like Duplicolor or something, right? No, it's going to have... The number, Maxipata, is going to be huge on the front of the can. Okay. And... uh, It'll it'll satisfy you immediately, and it'll be thirteen something or twelve something. You know, wait. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird obsession, (laughs) but we do have to find some of that old stuff when it comes to restoring some of these like old BRE race cars and stuff. Because when you're going for restoration, and the exhaust tips are that weird yellow on a two thousand Roadster Datsun, then they must be two thousand. They must be weird yellow now. But the question is. Ooh, we're looking at more stuff. Nah, it's still not. (laughs) You're forgiven now, Chris, uh, because Mac can't find it. Can we alter the color? (laughs) Can we match? Again, that weird yellow. It's kind of an off yellow that BRE. We were looking at the Roadster. Would use on a a Roadster header. We can color match. We're just launching the Porsche Gray as an Uh example for the vintage 356. 911 gray. So yes, you can modify the pigments to match the the old traditional Datsun yellow. Um, right. And what we saw in that vehicle, frankly, when Matt and I were over there looking at it, you know, they built the headers and they 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 have it directly the underneath the intake uh, on the. Uh, uh, it, it just made no sense from a design standpoint for the daily driver. All you're doing is cooking the intake air into the carburetors with that with that header sitting right underneath it so i never i i the one thing that sort of confounded me always about the uh dotsons especially if you wrenched on them and the reason that i would have uh appreciated a little alfa romeo action or something <laughs> over there is 
they put the header and the exhaust on the same side. Yeah. Then they'd give you these stoop. They'd have studs with these weird thick washer spacer things, mm-hmm. and you'd have to put the intake manifold and the exhaust manifold sort of together with this spacer washer thing. It was always difficult. It, there was always on the roadster. Don't get me started. <laughs> the only good thing about this configuration which is on a 240Z or a 510, if you need to change the starter, it's right there yeah. on the other side. There's yeah. nothing going on. The Roadster, they put the starter under the header. <laughs> so they put the header and the intake and, and the, the starter, starter all, all on, on the, the same, same side. side of the motor, and you can't get to the starter unless you take everything apart. No. And it's a goddamn disaster. It drives me nuts. And yes, all the heat, that rises and up. It's not just that. Like if even if you fabbed up some sort of air box or, or you scoop from the front of the car, every time you kind of like, let's say you're sitting in traffic or or in the you know at the starting line or or even a, a yellow lap, you know, when you're going slow, that heat's basically just boiling the carbs. Right. Like forget about the air coming in. Right. Just it's just it's just boiling the carbs. So yeah, and so everyone runs a heat shield, right? Which yeah. is which, you by know, the way, it, why wouldn't you paint that thing, too? You certainly could. Oh, yeah. yeah you certainly you know, could for like, heat dissipation, without a doubt. Like, I, I'm starting to – because we have these types of coatings, and I know yours falls into the uh, into the keep the heat in the pipes right. kind of uh, – but there's another theory of, of blocking heat from going into things. Let's say right. an air induction tube or an intake manifold. Right. And that's usually some sort of foil wrap or gold or whatever. Ooh, VHT. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> there is an update though. That's the old cans. Yeah. The first cans. Okay, we but we're not guys. crazy. Yeah. No, no, I see what you did. No, I I, I see what you did. It's VHT. Yeah. That's who made it and they made those they had the flames. Those and numbers the... are lies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. They're just cans of lies. <laughs> so uh, uh, speaking of cans, that does feel like an evolution or the next move or something close to it. Or or why not rattle cans for your product? The, the interaction with the propellants and the polymer. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure we evaluate that very, very carefully. And that's in st- under study right now. Right. We're looking at spray options for our product, but we just have to make sure the propellant doesn't damage the, the chemistry. Right. And the kind of... Oh, I see what you're saying. See, yeah, I, I, I by the way... How does, how does that product come out of the can? There's something added to it, right? right. And right. in theory, that would, that would damage the quality of your product. We have to make sure that it doesn't. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, yeah, Ooh. it would... It would pollute it. Right. Some sort of can we designed that you just hook an air compressor up to. Well, they have mm-hmm. uh, a CO2 cartridge. They like have a BB the, gun. They have the sprayers, like the little hobbyist kind of sprayers that yeah. have the little compressed air, that a little can that you put on there, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. right? And that's the, you're saying it's a Home Depot item. You could probably find it at Home Depot, but certainly auto parts places are just online. Yeah. You just get that get that would you recommend doing like let's say i'm doing uh my headers uh on my on my 200 uh 2000 roadster mm-hmm. and my heat shield 
should I get a kind of cheapo, kind of one-and-done sprayer and just spray it and then just get on with my life? Or should I step up, get something nicer, and then deal with cleaning it out and everything like that? Adam, the lowest-end spray gun, primer spray gun that you can find can spray this product. Right. But, so, but, you so you could you, go to Harbor Freight and for 17 bucks. You could get a little thing and on and special do it. nine ninety nine. They right. run specials all the time. Right. right. Does it make sense to do that and keep your good spray gun for your for your for your paints? I I would do that. Yeah. I exactly okay. right. Okay. See, no other podcast would ask those tough questions. No, no this is <laughs> this is some some award winning stuff. Right. I here. go to Harbor Freight for the people. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to also marvel at just how cheap stuff can be. Like yeah. You get a seventy-gallon compressor well, for eleven dollars. What, what I love is, <laughs> how is that work. Is you go to Harbor, Harbor Freight and buy something, and then not completely satisfied with it, and need to modify it, like like the air gun. My the, the, God, <laughs> with the with the trigger on the handle. <laughs> I bought. A, <laughs> you're like we're gonna cut this apart. Sean's like it's a nineteen dollar air gun. You're like I know no, it was like it? closer to twenty six dollars. <laughs> no, I bought a an impact gun from Harbor Freight that was good, like a big boy, big big one, like, right. like a big, deep shaft. I, it was on like it for a, the deep dish wheel, had and, like right. a one inch drive or maybe a three quarter drive. Mm-hmm. Big boy and heavy. And good for, you know, I don't know, 600 foot-pounds or 900 foot-pounds or something. <laughs> the trigger, it has this D-handle, which is fine. Yeah. But the, put the trigger on the outside. Yeah. Top. <laughs> so when you pick it up, it goes off. So, so the trigger has, is in the palm of your hand as you're grabbing it, as opposed to a finger. finger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> now it has a 16-inch one inch extension on it with a huge cup nut you know socket on the end of it yeah so when you pick it up and it starts going off you just throw it and run (laughs) it's the worst design it's it's terrible it's terrible you and it's so heavy you can't pick it up and not pull the trigger right so i just said well let's take the gun and we'll do what they should have done in China many years ago when they designed this product. Not Germany. No. China, possibly Mexico, and put the trigger on the inside yeah. so we don't kill ourselves and ruin a nice set of BBS rims. I would pay an extra $5 for that design, at least. So you pay another 40%? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Castrol Edge over here for a moment. Heat, friction, viscosity breakdown. Rob, your engine of maximum performance. Friction results in a loss of performance of up to 10%. Castrol Edge, engineered with fluid titanium technology, physically transforms to be stronger under pressure. Helps fight friction, deliver maximum levels of performance to your car. Three times stronger against viscosity breakdown than leading oils. Castrol Edge. Unlock the true performance in your car's engine with Castrol Edge. Just one last question for Tim. I'm looking at the specs on this stuff, and because of the way it's applied and how durable it is, uh, you can spray a turbocharger. You can spray a turbocharger housing with it, which typically you, you can't do any of that because nothing sticks. I mean, right. it really gets hot. The little cans that say, well, we looked up that said 1,200, that's not going to cut it. It's no. never going to work. No. It's going to boil off, but your product will stick to it. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have to take the turbo apart and blast it like that? You want to take the housing off? And, we do and recommend that. Yeah, we recommend blasting that surface. Yeah. Because so you do have oil. Think oils. about that. <laughs> uh, 
No, I this this we were looking at your '87 car that we still have to put together after it broke on Leno's garage. Yeah, this is a good project because we were talking about this is a good project to do the headers and the turbo housing and whatnot. If you can reduce the underhood temperature of that car significantly, I think it. I think you notice a difference. I think you notice. Well, a, hey, look, heat plus it, when you go into the pits and you like pull the plugs, do this. It that heat is gone quicker. Heat's the enemy. Uh, it's the enemy of any moving parts it just it doesn't help and i mean over you know there's a sweet spot but you don't want to get past that and the thing about turbocharging turbocharging is about heat dissipation because they can turbocharging is basically going how much boost can we crank we can get an an extra 100 100 horsepower for every pound and a half of boost or two pounds or whatever we dial into this thing but then someone yeah. goes but what about the heat so now it's inner coolers and after coolers and it, it yeah. coolers coolers cooler so if you think about what you're saying about turbocharging turbocharging is like unlimited horsepower if you can get the heat out of there mm-hmm. and we approach it with a, well, we need intercoolers, and we need yeah. aftercoolers, and we need all this stuff to dissipate the heat, which is good, and you do need them, but then how about just going to the root? How about taking the thing that's actually actually producing the heat, the turbo, yeah. cooling that and all the components around it? Again, every few degrees you can drop it is a few more clicks you can turn up on the boost knob. I, I would argue there's a there's a theory of creating some more horsepower because in the heat and the headers you want to create some scavenging. You want to create that heat. You want to keep that heat in there. We, we proved that, Matt. I mean, we did all of the dyno testing, and we proved with stock product versus coated product, we gained about 1.1 percent horsepower. We'll take and it. Torque. We'll take from it. From the coating it. alone, the only variable was the coating. Right. Yeah. I imagine uh so I mean whatever you're whatever you're into whatever I mean whatever whatever version of this hobby you're into you could be a resto rod guy could be a racer guy vintage maybe you have a spec Miata whatever it is you should be interested in getting rid of this heat right yeah and so there is and and with the fact that you can now sort of have the ability to match colors or mix colors or do custom colors or whatever it is. Hence, a few years ago, when we were rebuilding the BRE Roadster, all we had was the rattle can and the VHT, whatever, uh, because this stuff didn't exist or we weren't aware of it or we couldn't match it or whatever it is. And now... Yeah, it's the new world order. Is there going to be a, a special order program at some point if somebody sent you like a paint chip and say, "Can you get close to this?" Or, that, or that's, I mean, that, that's exactly what we did with the Porsche product. You did, We're yeah. working with a Porsche builder in Denver, Colorado, and he sent us the the color match, and we matched exactly to that. Wow! And uh, why stop at the header and the intake? Should we go to the block with this stuff as well? You can, but your block's really not up at that temperature if you want to color got match it coolant yeah. going through it yeah it has enough coolant you're looking at four or five hundred degrees you're not up into the thousand degree surface temperature level uh matt why don't you give uh, geico a little yeah. love before we bring it home everybody's got a to-do list you drop off dry cleaning you pick up some milk and now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list you don't have to drop off or pick up anything if you just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. This is some extra money in your pocket. This is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Go to Geico.com. 
Tim McCarthy, uh, the product is uh, Zycote.com. Zybar is the name of the product, and then uh, Zycote.com is where you go. This is... Uh, we didn't get to touch on the hush mat thing, but you oh, guys have that as well. Hold on. A hush mat. I'm hush trying mat. to bring this home. <laughs> Sorry. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. That's why I get the big bucks. Yeah, yeah he's crushing it today. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody turns a phrase like the ace man. No, this is really uh, this is really good stuff. I I'm uh, I know you guys are a sponsor, but uh, and uh, I'm compelled to say this, but I think it's awesome stuff. I love I love, I love technology. I love nerds. I love <laughs> I love this stuff. I love everything is born in aerospace and and trickles on down to the automotive world because that's the ultimate harsh environment. You know, we test stuff yeah. at uh, Badwater Basin and Death Valley, but they test <laughs> test stuff in outer space, yeah. which is even a tougher. The yeah. sun even hotter. Yeah. It turns out than the desert. Everybody it turns out. As a matter of fact, I think the reason a desert is hot partially is because, because of, of the, the sun. sun. I mean, it's, I got to crunch it's, some it's numbers. Unproven. It's unproven, but it is a theory. It's a theory, and I'm going to work with it. Tim McCarthy, thank you uh, very much for coming in. Zycote.com is where you go, and Bob Lightsinger, thanks for calling in and cleaning up a few things. Again, come uh, see us over at uh, Ren Sports. Say hi. Uh, pick up a rag. Wipe the car down. Come on, man. <laughs> it's not going to wipe down itself. Yeah, it's all this is, <laughs> man. Can we take a picture? Yeah. How about we take a picture of you wiping down my car? <laughs> it's a very candid shot. <laughs> <laughs> You'll treasure it. You'll cherish that picture. You can check out uh, Adam Carolla Goes Racing, new episodes uh, coming up this uh, at Motor Trend. Dot com this slash week, Adam. part two of our auction coverage with the Cortina. Oh, yeah. Boy, surprising what that four-banger went yeah. for. And uh, you can check out Phoenix and Anaheim stand-up shows going on over there. And uh, Pluto TV, we got Chassis, our channel, over there at 501. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so say hi. Until next time, this is Adam Kroll for Tim McCarthy and Matt. I almost said the Porcelain Punisher, finally. Matt, uh, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying, uh, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.